Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another Wednesday night of Friday Frank Prenza. It's the best two hours of the week. This two weeks I look forward to I like to introduce our, our legends from last Jersey Shore Sarasota, Mr. Don Henderson. Up in the ATL, Mr. Roger Henderson. 
in Tampa Bay, Mr. Roy Cummings, and Sarasota slash Tampa Bay, Mr. Frank Carroll. Frank, you got a great um, dedication today. Fire away. Yeah, Tommy, we have a couple of dedications tonight. Tonight, uh, as you know, Monday is Memorial Day. And it's a day that we loathe, we should stop. When we were all young, we used to stop and, and take a, a moment to think about the guys that got us to where we are. We have to thank all the veterans, first of all, for their service to the, for the country. We have to thank the mothers and, and the wives and the children of the Gold Star who lost someone in the battle. And we, let, we also want to thank the, those with the Blue Star in their window at this point in time, meaning that you have a young person serving in the, in the armed forces at this point in time. So we always dedicate the program to those, to the police and fire fighters and men and women of the United States Armed Forces, and today we really appreciate each and every one of them. Uh, we also want to say a very, very happy congratulations to Ty Anthony Basso, who finishes up his high school career uh, on next Saturday, and uh, Caden Carroll, who... Uh, Finishes up his uh, his uh, um, middle school uh, tomorrow. So Caden uh, and, and uh, Ty, we uh, we send out our very best to you. And, uh, the, yet the third one I forgot was it on. Uh, as everybody knows, uh, this this program and this company was started uh, uh, May May fourteenth of two thousand and four by uh, Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll. Unfortunately, we lost him on uh, June 19th, uh, 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. On the 18th, wow. uh, which is a Friday night, we're going to have a special uh, program, and everybody is invited to call in. Um, and just uh, if you have a memory of Bob that you want to say, uh, we're looking mm -hmm. forward to that. Uh, it's going to be a happy time uh, in remembering his life. It'll be 7 o'clock. Same access number that uh, we have now? Yes, yes. Okay, <laughs> so everything would be the same, 7.30, yes. beginning at 7.30? 7, 7 o'clock. Okay, great, Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. Tell okay. me there, Frank. You got it, Frank. We'll all be on there. Yes, Absolutely. sir. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Boy, Roy, is the yeah, biggest game of year. 10 years ago. Frank, that's all I can say. Yeah. Very hard to believe that ten years. Where has that gone? Yep. Mm. And right. I want to thank you for that being retired from the Navy and a veteran and a uh, a product of uh, an Army brat from my father, grandfather, and back. Uh, thank you very much uh, for acknowledging all the wonderful uh, veterans that uh, are in the listening audience and that are friends. And relatives of ours. Thank you, Roger. This is great, Don Harris. But Roy, okay, game of the year tonight. Lightning and Panthers. What's what's the key for the Lightning to win the game and get the series over? I think the key tonight is, uh, you know, as the Lightning were saying today, make things a little bit harder on uh, on Spencer Knight, uh, the young goaltender for for Florida. Uh, Tampa, you know, really has had very little trouble scoring in this series up until the time Spencer Knight came into the, went into goal for Florida, gave him a little bit of momentum there and a little bit of a boost. So, uh, and what really wasn't, you know, I mean, I think Tampa had kind of, I don't want to say complacent, but Tommy, they, they got a, just a little bit, I think, used to being able to score, you know, from just about anywhere right. on the ice. I mean, let's face it, 
yeah. Florida just wasn't getting very good goaltending, and they weren't defending very well in front of their goaltenders. And Florida, you know, Tampa was scoring from the blue line, scoring from the dots, and uh, you know, scoring from the top of the circles. And uh, Spencer Knight was just a little bit tougher on him. So um, they've got to get him moving a little bit left to right. Uh, number one, they probably got to crash the net a little bit more. Uh, all things that they are certainly capable of doing. I think they tr- need to try to ignore uh, the physical play as much as they can. Um, you know, wasn't a big fan of what we saw from Patrick Maroon the other night trying to settle a score. Now's not the time. Wait, wait till next year. You're going to yeah. see these guys, you know, four or five times again next year, uh, assuming that the schedule goes back to the normal uh, schedule. Don't take any chances here. Don't, don't lose anybody for a game for any silly reason. Um, whether it's, you know, a game misconduct or even a 10-minute misconduct uh, or, or even worse, you know, some kind of misconduct that uh, costs you a, a suspension or anything. Don't, don't get silly now. You've got this game, pretty, this series pretty much in hand. Uh, you've proven you're the better team uh, with Kucherov and Stamkos, and those guys have to get involved a little bit more too. Um, but that's what – really, that, that's it. I mean, just go out and, and go get back to doing what you were doing uh, through most of the season, which is uh, setting it up offensively inside the zone, crashing the net a little bit more, and getting the goalie to move uh, left to right. You've certainly got the weapons to do it. Uh, if they can do it tonight, they should uh, win this game somewhat handily and uh, and have some time off before they got to move on to the next series. Yes, you've had to see the uh, Islanders, uh, Islanders and Penguins, but uh, that series has I been terrific, it, overtime after overtime. Don, the score yeah, three two uh New York. I'm sorry, three two Pittsburgh hit the second. Yeah, Pittsburgh just uh Pittsburgh just scored. It's it's been a very close series, which you know what I think you would expect. Uh look, the Islanders keep it close as it is. It really it's throughout this series it's been a matter of can can New York uh, match uh, Pittsburgh's uh scoring and, and they have. And um you're not gonna get a lot of goals out of, out of the Islanders, uh, but they're gonna really make it tough for you for you to score. And I would say that uh, Pittsburgh is as, as tough a team as they're going to face uh, in these playoffs. Tampa is right there with them, too. But, um, you know, maybe if they end up facing Toronto. But uh, to me, this is as, as tough a test for the Islanders as they're going to face. Uh, they may, it may get a little bit tougher for them, but this is one where there's just a lot of offensive weapons with Pittsburgh. And right now they're looking pretty good. So uh, up, a, up a game in the series and uh, right now behind in the game. But, um it's been a really good series. Uh, the Islanders are a team. Again, they really know how to shut you down offensively. They're very good at that. Goaltending's good. Uh, defense is uh, just good throughout. It's really just a matter of can they score enough um, when, when the other team's got it going offensively. And so far, they've been they've been able to do it. And I think Roy Trotz has done a terrific job so far in this series. And even into the over the last, I'll tell you that well, the second overtime only lasted what. 90 seconds, or I can't remember the exact number, but, uh, you know, I mean, he, he, he doesn't panic. He, he stays right with it. Yeah, he really does. And, look, I, I said this a couple of years ago, and I still believe it. Uh, I, think he's, I think he's arguably the best coach in the NHL right now. Um, you know, look, Nashville made a mistake letting him get away a few years back when they thought they could do better without him. They aren't doing better without him, even though they're holding their own against Carolina. Um, you know, now that they're back in the playoffs, uh, they're still uh, they're, they're not really a, a Stanley Cup contender. The Islanders are. Washington eliminated already. Um, that was the last stop for uh, for Trotz before uh, the Islanders picked them up, and wisely so. 
You're right, uh, Don. He's he's as good a, a coach as there is in the league. Very smart. Really knows how to uh, how to coach up the talent he's got. How to adjust to the talent he's got. And what he knows best of of all is he knows how to combat every other team's strength. Uh, he's exceptional at uh, taking away uh, whatever it may be that uh, that got you there on the other team. He'll take that away from you, and uh, he'll work his guys, and he, he he finds ways to get guys to buy in. You know, he was one of the few guys that got Ovechkin to buy in or finally got him to figure it out. You know, maturity may have had something to do with that. But um, at the end of the day, uh, he was one of the first guys to really get Ovechkin to buy in and, uh, in Washington, and it worked. And uh, for some reason, Washington thought they could do it without him, and uh, they're finding out different yet again. So uh, you're right, Barry Trotz doing an exceptional job. And uh, my guess is that they'll end up moving forward here in this series or after the series, uh, again, tough matchup for them. But if they don't, um, it's just a real tough loss because they've got the best coach, I think. Roger. Hey, Roy. Go ahead, Tommy. Uh, Roy, wouldn't that be something? Lighting wins tonight. Nashville wins. We have to play Nashville for the next round in the playoffs. Wouldn't that be something, huh? That's, that's well, it's going to be something no matter what if Tampa wins. Uh, yeah. That's going to be something yeah. if they play Carolina, which is, uh, you know, which right. emerged as, uh, you know, probably the best team in the in the division this year. Um, yeah. yeah, it'll 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 be good no matter what. Uh, I, I don't you look. I, Nashville's not going to be that much of a test, I don't think, for Tampa. Um, they're obviously giving Carolina a test. Uh, I, I I keep thinking that Carolina is going to kind of wake up here a little bit and, and start playing their brand of hockey a little bit more. Um, Got to give Nashville credit. They've, uh, they've played very well, gotten some opportunistic goals, which is what it takes. Anything can happen in these playoffs guys. We know that, but um, yeah, if Tampa can get to the next round, it'll be, it should be a good series no matter what. I'd, I'd rather see him face Carolina as a fan just because they're a hockey fan, just because, you know, that's, uh, that's two really strong teams, but, um, you know what? Be careful about what you ask for there, Tommy. If they end up facing Nashville, uh, if Nashville's mm-hmm. already knocked off Carolina, uh, it would be an indication they figured something out themselves. And, um, again, they've got some pieces that uh, that make you wonder. Uh, Saros, the goaltender, is pretty good. Uh, Roman Yossi is uh, as good a defenseman as there is in the NHL. Uh, some people think he's he's right up there at Victor Hedman's level. He's uh, At the very least, he's approaching that, so. You're right. That would be a great series, um, uh, a great series for sure. Roger. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Roy, if you were a betting man, who would you bet? What teams would you bet on to be in the Stanley Cup final? You know, I still think it's, uh, boy, it's, it's so tough based on, you know, what we've seen this year uh, because it's so hard to really judge everybody because they haven't played outside of their division. I right. still think, I still think Vegas is as good a team as there is out West. Um, you know, surprised at what happened with Edmonton. I think Colorado will end up probably in the same situation. They'll probably go a little bit further, but I, I think they'll end up getting knocked out. I'm not really a believer in Toronto. And, and I, and I say that because, you know, I, I don't think Montreal is there yet. Montreal, to me, is a team kind of on the level of the Flyers. Um, they, they got in in a weak division where a lot of teams struggled uh, with COVID uh, protocols and some teams really underperformed, uh, like Vancouver, Calgary. Um, so 
you know, Montreal got in. Good for them. They earned it. Um, shoot, I'll tell you what. I could see Winnipeg getting there. I could see Vegas getting there. Uh, so I would say one of those two, probably at the end of the day, I would say Vegas. I still think they're the best team in the West. Um, and the other team, you know, until somebody shows me a better team, it, I might have to pick Boston. I, I, right now, I don't think Tampa's good enough to get there. Uh, Frank and I were talking about it before, the, uh, before we started here. Um, Victor Hedman's just not playing at the level that he's capable of. He's got some kind of an injury that we know is going to end up requiring surgery at the end of the season. Um, you know, I still see Stamkos and Kucherov kind of disappearing here and there. Um, they're, uh, you know, they've been very opportunistic. They're going to get, uh, I think they're going to get Barkley Goodrow back or, or Coleman back. That's going to help them, but, and they've got the goaltending. But uh, I think Tampa can be beaten. Uh, the team that I still think is better than all of them in the East is, uh, is Boston. And uh, that ultimately is going to be the biggest test for the Islanders. If they can get past Pittsburgh, they're going to have to face Boston. So we'll see what happens. But I still think Boston is probably uh, the best in uh, the East, and I think Vegas is the best in the West. Ooh. Tommy? Interesting what you said. That I still you know, I still think the East is going to line up the stars up there. Boston getting knocked out. And I think might be, you know, what lighting your course be the Stanley Cup finals. But, I, but I, I'm looking at more – and, you know, that Minnesota Wild team is playing some good hockey over there. Minnesota's a team to look out for over there in the West up there. But, no, if everything goes the way it did last year, Roy, we'll be back for a cup final right there. That's why I hope well, I yeah, if everything goes as it did last year, the, the Lightning would, would yeah, be in the cup final. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and you're right about Minnesota. Look, Minnesota's another team that, uh, you know, wow. is, is growing, developing quickly, and uh, mm-hmm. building some confidence right now. Uh, hey, I could see them emerging too. Look, Edmonton, I'm surprised that Edmonton is, you know, it's kind of unfortunate that Edmonton's not going any further because we're not going to get to see Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. We're not going to see uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, some of those, you know, good young stars on that team. But that team's got to figure out, you got to play a little bit better defensively, especially in the playoffs. This is a tough lesson the Lightning learned three years ago. Uh, Tommy, we, we all sat through, we all sat through it and watched and were kind of stunned by it. Um, mm-hmm. You have to have the goaltending. You got to be able to play a little bit tougher at times, and uh, I think Edmonton's figuring that out. Colorado figuring out a little bit too. I, I, look, I like Grubauer in net uh, a lot, and so you know we'll see how it goes. But uh, Minnesota's tough. Um, you know we'll see what happens there. Vegas has got the lead right now, uh, but Minnesota could certainly yeah. upset them. There's no doubt about it. They got the home game tonight. So uh, we'll see where that goes. But, Tom, you're right. That's another team to watch. I, I don't see any weaklings here in, in these playoffs. There's nobody that you yeah. can say uh, they don't have a shot. Because you would have, if you're going to pick a team, uh, you're going to probably pick, you know, to say that about, you're probably going to pick either Montreal or Nashville. And both of them are given uh, their, their, their opponents fits here. I don't think Montreal is going to, you know, stand for much longer. But uh, at no. the end of the day, they've given Toronto a, a pretty good battle. Roger? Yes, you have it. Yeah, the, uh, I wanted to get over to the NFL, if we can, for a minute or so. Um, Roy, I don't know if you saw the uh, communication that came from the NFL a little while ago about the proposed rule changes. And uh, it's going to be the tackle box and the tight end box 
and about the uh, new blocking restrictions on illegal uh, cut block, uh, clipping, uh, peel back block, et cetera, et cetera. There's a whole, you know, like a half a dozen of them. And uh, I thought it was very interesting about uh, if this goes through, where you're going to have tackle box and then the tight ends are going to be like in a separate category and they're going to have their own box. Uh, Did you see that at all? Have you seen it? No, I didn't. Um, And and I'm, you know, look, I'm glad that they're, you know, talking about being a little bit harsher on the cutback blocks and the, uh, um, and the the clipping and that kind of stuff. I think that's got to happen. A lot of guys get hurt with that, uh, with that stuff. And you look, it doesn't always happen on purpose, but, uh, but I'm glad they're addressing that a little bit more, trying to. But the, what, what is the proposed idea with this tight end box? Is, is this another spot? What, what are yeah, we doing with that? It, I'll tell you what it is. It's going to be an area that is between two yards outside of the normal tackle positions and extends five yards either side of the line of scrimmage. So, in other words, if you, if you had, I guess if you have two tight ends, <laughs> then it extends on both sides. If you have one, it's whatever side the tight end lines up. And then for um, a legal locking below the waist, it's going to be a 15-yard penalty. How about that? Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I think the 15 yards is, uh, is warranted. Again, this is an, these, are, these are penalties that are causing injuries. And I, I think more can be done. Uh, Islanders, by the way, just tied up the game 3-3. Um, but uh, more can be done to, to, you know, add a little more safety and keep guys from doing it again. I don't think too many guys. It's happening in some places. There aren't too many guys who are doing that on purpose, but I think you just have to be a little bit more aware of it. And so I guess what you're saying about the tight end box is if you've got two tight ends, the quarterback's got a little bit more space to run around in. Is that is that um, before you yeah, throw I, the ball I, away? Is that well, it? You know, yeah, it's proposed. So obviously there's going to be more discussion. Uh, about yeah. it, you know, and a lot of it's uh, blocking below the waist, uh, you know, free kick, safety kick, you know, a fair kick, fair catch kick, etc. So I, it's just a proposal, but you know, usually when you have a proposal, at least some of it changes, if not all of it. You know that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they're interesting rules, that's for sure. Uh, I'll take a, a closer look at them, and we'll see where we go with it. Um, Sometimes it takes a couple of years for these rules to come in, but uh, I would think the timing of this one with guys already in OTAs, maybe we're probably looking at next year. Um, but you never know. The NFL can move, uh, can move quickly sometimes, so uh, we'll see where it goes. But uh, certainly interesting, no doubt about that. Fellas, with uh, Roger staying right in the National Football League because uh, one of the stories is right in your backyard, Julio Jones, there's a couple of teams he's uh, designated he'd like yeah. to go to. The Patriots are now – Supposedly on the outside looking in, maybe they're going to take a shot at him. But uh, I think that's an interesting story as to where he's going to go and what they're going to do. Well, it's not only an interesting story about where and and when, Don. The other thing is that uh, on social media, he was seen uh, at some place with a Dallas Cowboys uh, sweatshirt on. And uh, that has caused an eruption as you can picture, as you can probably understand in Atlanta about, you know, the guy's still on the Falcons. He's still uh, getting paid. And, uh, and then he's on social media. And then 
Arthur Smith, the new head coach, was asked about it, and he said, I haven't seen it. And what do you mean you haven't seen it? You know, listen, all of us know coaches do not really pay any attention to social media. unless. Let me interrupt just for a second, Roger. Let me interrupt for a second and say, yeah, Islanders just scored again. It's 4-3 now with uh, 11.06 to go in the second period. Yeah. Well, anyway. Go ahead. Finish up. I was just going to say that uh, that's the controversy, you know, about Julio uh, being uh, seen on social media wearing a Dallas Cowboys shirt. You know, what a great what a great situation to put the to put the new head coach in there, Roger, where uh, arguably his best player, certainly the weapon that right. makes the quarterback go. And and you just added another great weapon in the tight end out of Florida in Kyle Pitts. Uh right. now now you don't have the the guy that's going to really that could really make Pitts uh dynamic because Jones is going to take a couple of safety, you know, he's going to take a safety in a corner with him no matter where he goes. Um, so that's going to free up some space for Pitts. I'm sure there's, you know, they had all kinds of ideas of how to work with these two guys in the offense. Uh, and now possibly they may not have it. I, I think the, the Falcons, if they re- even want to compete at all this year, I think they have to talk to Julio Jones and say, hey, what can we do to make this right? Because they can't afford to lose him. But having said that, watch out for uh, Oakland there, uh, guys, because, this is just the kind of thing that uh, that the Raiders would try to uh, would try to do. Go in, go in and pick a guy off like that, and just add more uh, add more talent to their uh, arsenal. Roy, thank you very much for this segment. As always, uh, we'll look forward to next week and another half hour of football, hockey, or basketball, or whatever comes up. And uh, thank you very very much. We're going to move to Philadelphia here now. Uh, so what we're going to do is move to Philadelphia a couple of times in the next half hour. But uh, I want to say right now we have a very, very interesting young lady going to join us and an intricate part of the the morning show on WIP in Philadelphia where a lot of things are happening right now. And I don't know, uh, Rhea Hughes, first of all, welcome to the show. First time we've had you on, and congratulations on your morning show. It is outstanding. Don, thank you so much. It is an absolute honor to be on with you. You know I'm a Temple grad, so I spent many, 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 many years at voice. Uh, It's great to hear. So you you broadcast many great games uh, for the Owls, and and I always listen. So it's a real honor. Thank you very much. Roger? Rhea, it's a pleasure, and it's also nice to have a female sports voice on this program. Okay, it's sometimes rare, if you know what I mean. But anyway, I, you know, I wanted to talk about, you know, your career has evolved uh, over a number of years because, you know, you were at CNA, the, anybody in the Philadelphia area, like I was there and Don was there and the uh, you were at CNA and it's evolved. And the morning show, I can remember at its infancy, I mean, when, you know, uh, Angelo was on with Brookie and then it evolved Brookie. with uh, yeah. Al, et cetera, and you, and uh, now everybody, Keith Jones, et cetera. Uh, you've been there for how long? And talk a little bit about it, how it has evolved, and, uh, and especially in Philadelphia, your hometown. Uh, Roger, it's interesting. I, had to, um, I was putting in for some vacation time. I'm finally getting to see my parents uh, in Florida. We're all vaccinated. Um, uh, they're 82 and 86, so I haven't seen them since November. So I was putting in for vacation. So I just started looking through, you know, my personal file. And I went, in this August, it'll be 25 years. And I didn't realize that. So uh, wow. 25 years. 
that kind of shocked me. I started when I was ten, so I'm not that old. But uh, um, but yeah, it was weird how how it kind of kind of started. I was a producer at WIP. Uh, started out as an overnight producer when we used to carry Larry King, and I was responsible for just running the commercials. Obviously, it was a national show. Worked my way up to producing, you know, Steve Fredericks, uh, Steve and Mike show for a long time, and um, and I kept bothering Tom Bigby to let me do, let me get on the air, and uh, would give him tape after tape after tape, and he said, you know, you got to go somewhere else and get experience. And so I did. So I left WIP after three years of producing, and I went to the country station, WXTU, uh, became kind of like a sidekick on the morning show, sidekick, sidekick slash producer, and was there mm-hmm. for maybe two years. And, uh, and as everybody in this business has been, uh, luckily, Knockwood, for me, it's the only time I've ever been fired. I got fired, but I had been doing some part-time update work at WIP, and I called Bigby, and I said, uh, I'm, I'm available to you full-time, and he hired me full-time back on the spot which was great. Good. And, uh, came back, yeah, came back for a year and did updates and covered the Eagles on the road. And that was in 1996. And, um, when the morning show slot of the news person slot, uh, became available, I got the job and I've been there ever yeah. since. So it's, uh, it, it's, you know, dream job. I love it. Um, it's what I went to temple for radio, television, film grad. And, uh, and it's been awesome. I I've gotten to do, a lot of amazing, I love sports, so I get to make what my passion and my love is my job. So it's, it's been awesome. Great. We're going to use our guest. We're for- talking about WIP in Philadelphia, which is an outstanding morning show. One in, uh, going to be your Jake, one point here. The Islanders have now scored again. It's 5-3 Islanders uh, yep, at this particular moment with the Penguins. So they're taking a step forward. And uh, secondly, uh, Ray, when you say that, that your dad's going to be 86, well, I got three weeks, so I'm going to be 87. So we're in the same league. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. I love it. I love it. I will let him know. <laughs> hey, well, let's he's, he's a retired uh, Philadelphia police officer. So. Oh, is he really? Man. Oh, okay. Yes. Right. yes. There you go, Frank. Tell, talk to Frank Good about man. your father. That's right. <laughs> he was the uh, deputy commissioner. Under Frank Rizzo. Oh wow! Okay. okay. Oh well, yeah. My my yeah. dad worked under Frank Rizzo too. I will I will let him know. I'll uh, I'll so pass that right. on to him. I'd love to hear that. Oh, world. Oh. Maria, I wonder how has the show? Uh, you know, Angelo's. You know, just something else. I mean, you know, uh, and I can. <laughs> He's a very unique I, character. <laughs> he is, and and I remember when he and Howard were doing the uh, pre Eagles show on the steps from yep. the spectrum, because we had we were one of the sponsors on WIP and we had a uh, you know a booth and table there, and uh, but you know he has really I think the show has really uh, changed in some way on a, on not on a uh, you know month by month or year by year. But over a period of time, am I right about that? Oh yeah, I mean it's it's stuff we talk about all the time. It, it's funny, a lot of people and you guys have all been in the business. People think you walk in, you hit the mic, and you just start talking, yeah, right. uh, and they don't understand kind of everything that goes into it. I mean, we have the minute the show ends, we have meetings about you know what's happening the next day. Angela and I probably talk or email or text twenty five mm-hmm. times during the day. Um, you know, wow. which is always, uh, I look forward to around six, six thirty when I know he's going to bed and then I know I'm, I'm off the clock. <laughs> um, 
So, yeah, it has evolved. It's evolved from a show. When I first joined it, we never did interviews. Tom Bigby didn't believe in doing interviews um, because, you know, the show was, as you know, in the beginning, people think we're harsh now. I I listened to it when I was in college, you know, when Angelo was with Al and and Tony Bruno in the beginning. I even, you know, remember Brookie and the Rookie. But, you know, when Angelo took over, it was, was, you know, let's just, you know, we're going to be honest. You know, if we don't like what the athletes are doing or the teams are doing, you know, it was a lot more hardcore, I would say, back in the day. And so we didn't do interviews. And when I got there, I, you know, I was always going to – I was always out of games. Al and I were the two who were always at games. So, you know, you, you develop contacts and you network with people. Mm-hmm. And I just started saying, you know, we, there's this story. Why don't we have this person on? And it kind of evolved into where we never did interviews. So now I have to, I'm the I'm the booker of the show. In addition to being right. being the co-host, I book all the guests. Now it's absolutely three guests a morning, seven, eight, and nine, and sometimes we have five. I mean, it, it you know it, it varies depending on on what's going on. So you know it's it's definitely evolved from a show where it was just all callers. It was just the host and the callers. So now where we get the coaches on, we get the players on, and it's it's. You know, it's still, listen, people still like a lot of people hated what we said this morning about Ben Simmons, who's now currently having a very good game. So tomorrow should be interesting. Um, but, uh, you know, he's, he's a lightning rod. So it's evolved in that way that just the way we do the show. And, and we talk about it all the time. We talk about should we still be doing this? Is this like, you know, when we quit doing Wing Bowl, you know, Wing Bowl was a promotion we did for, you know, 27 something years. And yeah. we hated it. I mean, we could, Al and I could not wait for Wing Bowl to be over. We had, I think we had lobbied for the last 10 years of Wing Bowl. We're like, it's, it's done. <laughs> we need to stop doing it. And, uh, and thankfully, we did. And Al was the founder, right? He was the one yes, who came Al, up with the idea. <laughs> Al was the one who came up with the greatest radio promotion in the history of the world, or so we've been told. And it, it, it yeah. just. It it got out. It, it got completely crazy. How the lawyers let us get away with half the stuff we did, we have no idea. But uh, we don't have to worry about that anymore. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's always evolving. We're always kind of looking at you know the marketplace, the landscape, what our listeners want, and, and stuff we discuss every day. So that's that's where you can see the evolution. We're always trying to figure out. You know, you have to serve the listeners. What do they want? So that's how we do it. Reuse is our special guest, WIP Morning Show in Philadelphia. Right now, the 76ers are up 61 to 54, and they're in the late Good. stages of the second quarter, so uh, they're on the right way to uh, winning two in a row. And, uh, Rhea, when you talk about that, do you have a chance to talk to any young ladies who maybe have some aspirations of getting into this business and explaining some of the difficulties as well as some of the pleasures? Sure. You know, what? I, it's funny, Don, when I – I started in the business back when there were no women. It was me and Donna McQuillan, and that was it. We were, we were and I was, I, I was right out of college. Yeah, I mean, Donna, you know, unfortunately, rest in peace. You know, Donna was the only one doing it. When, and when I came out of college, I got a job at W, um, oh God, WILM News Radio in Wilmington. And the sports guy left within, like, I don't know, a month of me being there. I was a news person in the morning, and I said, can I cover, you know, I'll go cover the teams. They said, we're not going to pay you. And I said, I don't really care if I can get a credential. That's all I care about. You know, I just want to, I just want to cover the games. And 
So they let me use the station to, and I started covering the game and uh, they continue to interview people. And I, I, I went to games. I got interviewed. I did all, I was 21, 22 years old and about three. And I did, they let me do the sports updates. And then as soon as they found what they considered a, um, uh, a more competent man, I got replaced. Tom wow. wound up being a very good friend of mine, but you know, it was a very early lesson that, you know, back in those days, there just weren't women doing it. And, you know, mm-hmm. I had to, you had, when you're, when you start out and especially back then, I love it now that there's so many women doing it. I think it's fantastic that, you know, it's not going, all right, let's just find a competent man, you know, a man or a woman can talk about sports. It doesn't matter. What I always tell any female, um, you know, young person who asks me is I go, listen, you got to know more. It's just a basic thing. The expectation is you're a woman. You probably don't know as much as, about sports as a guy. I got my love of sports from my mother. So, you know, I know where, where it came from me, from her, not from my dad. He, he will not watch I had a lot of brothers. the last two minutes. Six brothers. Yeah, right. Six brothers, <laughs> two sisters, and, um, and they all come to me for the information. So my, me and my sister and my mom are the big sports fans. But I just found uh-huh. a real simple fact of life. Don't complain about it. You know, this is the, the job that you pick. There are still biases. Mm-hmm. Work harder. Make it impossible. I made it impossible for WIP to ever get rid of me when I started out. I did everything. I was an engineer. I was a producer. I was an update person. I never turned a shift down. I went three years, I think, without taking a day off. You have to work harder. And I just, I explained them. It's just right. a fact of life. Work harder, no more, and, uh, you know, and just be willing to put the effort in. And that, that's really what it comes down to. And, you know, once, once you prove yourself, and I'll tell you this, what I'm really lucky with Don and you, Don and Roger, and you guys know this, the age we grew up in, there was no social media. I think if social right. media had been around when I started at WIP, I don't know if I would have survived because, uh, you know, I was so young and um, it was, it was a learning curve for me. I was working with, you know, Angelo and Al guys have been doing it for a couple of years in a very big market. And I'm not sure I would have survived uh, with social media because I see what the, I see how they eat people alive, and um, I didn't have to deal with that. By the time social media came around, I think I'd been there so long they don't bother with me anymore. So I'm lucky in that respect. Rhea, well, one last done, question well, for me, and that would be: uh, you, you made some, you really made a key point. I think that everybody should. Most youngsters coming out of college right now, you know, they're looking for a job that's going to pay thirty, forty thousand dollars a year. <laughs> Yep. If you're going to be in, if you're going to be in this business, you're going to go through two, three, five years when you said I volunteered, <laughs> yeah. don't pay me, don't pay me. That's yeah. the order. That's the name of the game. If you're working for a small yeah. station, you have to say, yeah. don't pay me, I'll do the job. And yeah, I think you have to explain that people don't understand what the broadcasting business is all about. It's it's really about just trying, you know, doing every single job, learning everything. I mean, that's what that's. I, my first couple of years on, I did traffic. I did news. I did any shift that would give, get me on the air, I did. I, did, I mean, I did traffic. I did a split shift. I would do traffic in the morning from 4 a.m. to 10 a.m., go do sports updates in the afternoon, and then go back and, and do traffic from, like, 5 to 7. So, I mean, it was, wow. to me, it was any opportunity. And, you know, Don, you've done everything. Any opportunity to get on the air and, and perform your craft and get better at it. That's the name of the game. That's the name of the game. Roger? 
Yeah, I, Brea, before you get, uh, we let you go, uh, I what you wanted to uh, ask you, continuing on, you know, when you, you have a uh, son, 12, I believe, Clark, yep. isn't he 12? He's, yeah, Clark and turns 12 does, in August, yes. Yeah, does he have any interest in uh, following his mom into the uh, communications <laughs> field? He actually wants to be an architect, and he has virtually no interest in sports. Sometimes it's very difficult. Uh, Don, the funniest thing he ever said to me, he might have been four or five years old, and I'm watching a Temple football game, and I yell a lot when I'm watching Temple football or basketball. <laughs> and I'm yelling at the TV, and he comes walking up to me, and he goes, you do know they can't hear you. And I, and I said, <laughs> and I look at him, and I go, I'm getting ripped by And I looked, and I said, it would be better. They'd be playing better if they could hear me. But he – he finds um, it humorous what I do, he, that I talk about sports, that I watch it, that I'm so into it. He'll, he'll sit down like he's, he's watching the, the um, Sixers playoff game with me, and, uh, and he'll always watch Eagles games with me. But he's not, a, he's not a diehard sports fan, but he'd like to be an architect. That's kind of his, his thing. Tommy Gilbert, you're in Tampa. Do you have a question for Rhea? Yes, sir. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Take it easy, Tommy. Excuse me, Rhea, every time go, go ahead, Tommy. Every time I go, go ahead, to Philadelphia, I turn on six I turn on the um WIP. You're so funny in the morning and I and you know, I, I took this when I when I want to get in the market down in Tampa, I took the same steps you do. Take anything you want to do, work for free in Cleveland, come down yeah. here to Tampa. And, and, and look at it right look at it right now. I build up to the we built this up, and thanks to Don Roger and, and, and Frank and everybody guests we have on, we built this thing up, and and I built some other stuff up. And, and the main thing about that is, Rhea, you've got to have your personality, your personality, and you go after what you want, and that's it. And that, that's and when, when you do what you love, it's easy to do. <laughs> it makes it fun. It makes it, it makes it fun even when you have to wake up at 3 a.m. every morning. That's right. That's, that's the that's that was that was the impossible thing for me. I hated get I hated the morning <laughs> show because I, I I like to sleep in the morning. Roger, you're up. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, I, I to, to be successful on a morning show, you have to get up early. And like you know, Rhea yeah. said, she gets up at three a.m. And uh, you know, yeah. you think about some of these TV people now that are on at four thirty or four o'clock in the morning. Actually. They're probably going to bed at like three in the afternoon, you know, to get up. They at, have uh, to, Roger, they have to look good. I could roll in and, you know, and I have, and yeah. you know, but yeah. it, especially if it snows in sweatpants and a, and a hat on my head, usually a temple hat, but I don't have to look good in the morning. And I'm with Alan well, Angelo, so the bar is very low. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, when Al talked today about being on the Garden State Parkway with oh Kyle. On his on a truck, <laughs> and and then he didn't know what to do about going through. Don, you would have loved this about going through Easy Pass. Well, all you do is go through, and they'll track you down. Because my yeah. my I had credit cards, and they got in touch with me from Easy Pass, and they said we know you they have. They will Easy find Pass. you. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> it was the class. Only plane <laughs> for fifteen minutes. He pass in a dollar ninety. It's like Al, just go through. They're gonna. They will send a letter <laughs> to your house. It's not that difficult. Right. <laughs> right. It was great. 
Well, I'll tell you, Rhea, we we wish you continued success. I know Don's, uh, you know, he was a big fan of Tom Bigby. And <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, don't make me laugh. Rhea, Rhea if, you ever, if you ever heard a misquote, you just heard it. Uh, yes, I, I'm, I'm actually pretty sure of that. So, I listen, I, I, listen, Tom gave me my start, but he was a very challenging man. So, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I got to tell you, you're going to love this. The, the, the classic line that ever came from Mr. Henderson was Steve Fredericks was on Howard's show in the afternoon and Steve was retiring. I called Don uh-huh. and I said to him, you got to call in. Steve's retiring. So Don did. Now I'm driving up, up in North Jersey or, I, you know, I get maybe mm-hmm. I was in South Jersey at the time. But anyway, I'm on the road. So. He calls in. They put him on. Then he says to Howard, hey, Howard, when are you going to retire? You're getting up there. Oh, no, no, no. I got kids to put through college. And Don comes back and says, oh, yeah, I remember all those Father's Day cards that came in the station from all over. Oh, my God. (laughs) You did not, Don. You're so bad. Well, by the way, did you know that Howard's son, son Spike, is my boss? Wow. Yeah, I'm going to congratulate Howard in a second because he's going to join us. And uh, Spike uh, is now in charge of uh, the CBS conglomerate in New York and also the network. Uh, What a tremendous promotion. And I will say this. I I told Spike, it's the first boss I'm ever sad to leave. Uh, Spike has done a tremendous job. And uh, and he's awesome. And uh, and I love when he and his father fight. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Well, I talked to Howard about it a couple of days ago because I just got back from Florida, just found out, and so I called him to congratulate him. And uh, I'll tell you, he'll do a he'll do a very very fine job up there in New York. I really believe that he's got all the tools Don, to go forward. Don, you know, getting through, and you guys know this, getting through the pandemic, the first part of it with no sports at an all sports yeah. station. I, I, you know, there were days I went into work going, I don't really know what we're talking about today. I mean, it was. It, and Spike navigated us through that like uh, nobody's business. I mean, he really did an amazing job to help come up with ideas and creativity to literally get us, I mean, just get us through every day, just all those days where we had no sports to talk about. It was uh, it was pretty amazing, and he did a great job. So uh, I'm sure he'll do a great job at FAN in New York. Well, Rhea, I know you have to get up at three o'clock in the morning, so we're not going to we're, we're not going to make you go two and a half hours tonight. We'll let we'll let you get in bed. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So you'll be back with us, Rhea. Thank you so much. Anytime. Anytime. Thank you so very very much. It was a great twenty minutes. Thank you so much. All right. You guys have a great Take night. Take care. Thank you. Take care. God bless, Bye-bye. Rhea. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Bye. Bye. Our main producer, Frank Carroll, just told me that Howard is at the 76er game and uh, no. cannot join us. So we're going we're gonna to kick around some other sports to talk about what's Don, going on in, uh, in the world of sports among ourselves. So I'll let you kick Don. it off, Roger, until we get to our next guest. Don. Frank, I think you want Howard's on. You're going to... yeah, Howard's on. Oh, is he here? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Howard, I, I hope you heard me say to Rhea just a moment ago that uh, – you and I had chatted. I wanted to congratulate you for, uh, first of all, producing Spike, and secondly, uh, leading him along the way and 
the tremendous job he's got in New York for the New York stations as well as the network. And uh, I'll tell you, he's following his great footsteps in you, but uh, he's going in a different direction. He's a he's an executor. You're a, you're a worker. Yeah, I'm a worker. They just boss me. Executives just boss people around. Uh, uh, they, they just tell them what they think they should do. Yeah, uh, it's like a manager. He doesn't have. The manager doesn't have good players. He's not successful, so he better have good players. You got that right. Certainly, <laughs> he certainly has them in New York, and he had them here in Philadelphia. Uh, so it's all good. It's all good. Hey, Howard, you yeah. know, Spike was very successful as a uh, personality at YSP and uh, on the music side before the switch. Uh, did you ever uh, think, you know, racing him, seeing him uh, grow into the uh, business like he has, that he winds up uh, really on the administrative side like he has? Well, yeah, and I'll tell you why. Um, when uh, WIP became, when YSP became WIP, and a little before, and they knew that they knew it was going to happen, uh, he was working at WIP. And his boss in New York, who was a big, a big honcho in CBS radio, which obviously had us uh, at that time, asked me, because he was the assistant program director and the program director was going to New York, so he asked me, uh, does Spike want to be on the air or does he want to be um, a manager? So I asked him. So what he said which is total BS when I look back at it now, what he said is, I don't want to walk down the street and have people know who I am. Well, he turned that around pretty quick. Um, <laughs> so I mentioned that to uh, his boss in New York, who was Chris Olivero, and I said, yeah, he wants to be a manager. So that's what he wants to do. Uh, so, you know, they went through a few things, and that's when he became uh, the program shortly thereafter, the program director at WIP. So those were his thoughts, um, you know, before he became the program director at WIP and probably through uh, some of the times he was either at WISP, um, he was probably thinking along those lines as well. Well, two things, Howard. First of all, for those listening around the country, Howard's been at every phase. He does, you know, Eagles uh, sideline shows. He does talk shows. He does a show from down in Atlantic City. He's done almost everything he could do uh, uh, television-wise as well as radio-wise in Philadelphia. And uh, Roger, uh, Roger, uh, Howard, you're looking at a 76er team that's got a win game number two and a walk. They've got, what, 76 points on the board already? And... uh, I know you're good friend Simmons. You want to tell us about how he drives to the basket. Well, that's all he does. He's just, he's the only player in the NBA that won't take a 15-foot jump shot. The only one. Um, it's, it's a joke. But to the other team, it's amazing. This is what, what happens in the NBA. You never know when a team's going to show up. So, obviously, Washington after what was a, a good first game, uh, all of a sudden they decide, well, they're not going to show up this game. So, um, and that's, that's what happens. It happens so many times in the NBA until you get deep in the playoffs. Uh, it's just, it's, that's what the, play, the playing nonsense was. You know, who's going to show up and who's not going to show up. And that's, that's what happens. Defense is effort. 
you know, if a guy wants, if the players want to give effort, then they do. So it's just, I'm not, uh, I guess I'm not surprised that happens. But I'll say this. The one thing that does happen in the NBA, there's such big runs, it would not shock me uh, that the Wizards make some kind of run and make it closer than it should be before the end of the game. It would not shock me. That's just what, that's just what teams do. Uh, it's what the NBA has become. Uh, the NBA is just a bad product, and, um, and these things happen all the time. So we'll, we'll see. I, I don't think they're going to win a championship. I don't think they can win with Ben Simmons uh, and can't win with a guy that doesn't shoot. You know, he goes to the basket, but uh, when you get deeper in the playoffs, those teams decide to play defense, and they don't let you go to the basket. So we'll see what happens. But um, they're a good team. I just don't know that they're good enough. And who's going to beat the Nets? Really, who's going to beat the Nets? I, I would be right. shocked if the Knicks if the Knicks win this series against Atlanta. And now they got to come back from 0-1. If the Knicks win this series, that they they don't give them a great test. They could give them a hell of a test. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, but I just don't think they're built to win a championship with a league that is just a bunch of three-point shooters. And the Sixers don't have enough of them. That's the way I look at it. I don't think they have enough of them. So we'll see. Uh, but it'll be, uh, it certainly will be interesting. 71-57 yeah. at halftime, and they're about ready to start the second half. And, uh, Roger, you're about ready to start the second half as well. Go ahead. Yeah, well, Howard, you know, I listened to you on uh, Saturdays, and uh, I think it was last Saturday. I agree with you on this statement, and correct me if I'm wrong. You're not a fan of Adam Silver, commissioner of the NBA. Neither am not I. Not a little bit. And, not a little bit. Yeah, and, and I haven't for a long time, and, and because I just see the way the NBA, well, it's my opinion, the NBA has deteriorated. The product is not as good as it was. And uh, they just let the players get out of control. Uh, do you see that that uh, it's going that way? That it can be turned around, or is, that's the what we're going to be living with? Uh, I think what you see is what you have, and you, what you see is what you got. Uh, the commissioner has no control uh, because he chooses not to. If David Stern, may he rest in peace, was the commissioner, this nonsense. LeBron going to that function, which was obviously financial, uh, and you supposedly had to be vaccinated. He's never admitted he's gotten the vaccine, and if he was vaccinated, he would tell everybody uh, right. just to show he's one of those guys. So that's nonsense. The, the players run the league, and it's it's going to get worse unless, uh, and it, uh, we'll see what happens. The um, I believe the players' uh, contract, the agreement, with the league and the players association is up after this season. I want to see if the NBA doesn't grab hold of it and there's not a lockout, it's going to be nasty. It's really going to be nasty. Um, and it's going to be terrible. Uh, so I just don't see it changing with Adam Silver. He's too soft. Uh, he just, and he gives you that, that little tap dance. I'm not a fan at all of Adam Silver at all. So, Mm. Um, well, Howard, just to follow up on your, just to follow up on your point, uh, you look at you talked about the Brooklyn Nets, which uh, obviously if the players are on the floor, but what they play together, seven, eight games a whole year, <laughs> they play together. They played uh, 
the first game in the playoffs. I've had a couple games in the playoffs. I've had sensational games. But how could you have a whole season of games and they only play together seven or eight times? Well, they obviously don't want to play all the games. Some, some of them, some of them were hurt. I know Harden obviously was hurt. Kyrie Irving is just takes off when he wants to. Uh, right. Kevin Durant. I think he probably tries to take off more than he might need if they were big games, but they just take off when they want to take off. So, I mean, that's what the league has become. As much as they uh, they tell the teams you can't take off the load management, well, it, it, they make up an excuse of an injury. It doesn't matter if they play together right? because they obviously are good enough players that they can adapt to anything, adapt to other players on the floor, other positions. They just it's just something about those guys. They really play well together. So yeah, but that's that's the NBA. How many teams played with a full deck uh, the whole season? That's the problem with the NBA. It's just how can you be a paying customer and not see the stars in a bunch of games? It's a disgrace. It's an absolute it joke. Yeah, absolutely Tommy, I agree with you. Hi Howard, how you doing? How are you? I'm doing good, Howard. I'm happy. The Lightning's winning one nothing right now. But every time I every time I go to come out and see my friends up in Philadelphia an Eagles game, the highlight is you on the radio have the Eagles post game and pregame show. You're a legend in Philadelphia. You're a legend throughout the country up there. But but make a story make a story story quick right now. I want to, you know, Toronto had the game down here in Tampa because we couldn't go to, we couldn't go to Toronto. That's the first NBA game I went in five years. And like, wow, what, what happened to the product of the, of the NBA right now? Is this going downhill? I mean, not, um, I'm sorry. Well, I said the players make too much money. They do what they want, and they don't care. And the regular season is irrelevant. So now the NBA right. tries to Mickey Mouse. Now they're talking about a mid-season tournament. Uh, oh, and right. playing nonsense, and they shouldn't have had an all-star game this year, but it's all about money. It's all about TV dollars. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. So the players don't care. They, uh, you oh. know, reality, <clears throat> they should have a 50-game season, but then they wouldn't be paid as much. So they have a 50-game season. Right. They just take off the other games. Yeah. <laughs> really, it really is kind of a joke. Yeah, it really mm. is. Roger, jump How in. Howard, what, what what do you think uh, the, how the Phillies are going to wind up? Because uh, they they really are not hitting at all. They've had a lot of injuries. The Braves are now up four three. This kid Austin Riley, the third baseman for the Braves, I think is the real deal. He's a tremendous defender. He's hitting over three hundred. Just had his tenth home run. Uh, do you see that the Phillies? Uh, I think the Braves are you know, going to win the East. Uh, I don't know uh, if you agree or not, but uh, do, you, uh, do you think the Phillies have a chance to do anything this year? Yeah, they have a chance to go home when the playoffs start. That's what they have a chance to do. They're just um, – they have so many flaws in their lineup. Uh, last night they won with two hits. Two hits, and one of them just happened to be a home run. Two hits. But that's what they are. They score in very few innings. They rarely have games with multiple innings uh, when they score. They don't score a bunch in one inning. And they didn't score a bunch last night, but they had enough. Uh, I just just don't see it. Uh, Their bullpen, I guess, is better than last year, but it's still not good enough. 
Uh, their starting pitching is just okay. Uh, Aaron Nola, it's kind of interesting. The beginning of the season, I saw the over-under for wins for Aaron Nola. And it's, it, it was uh, listed at 13 and a half. I said, why is it so low? And then I'm saying, well, that's why they call it gambling. If it was, it was that easy, everybody would win. I said, you know what? I like the under because it just looks too low. And th- th- they know what they're doing. Aaron Nola is a nice pitcher. He's not a number one. He's a number probably a two, maybe even a three. But he's a good pitcher. Uh, Zach Real is the best. But you know, and Eflin has been uh, okay. Uh, he's been okay. And then I, I don't trust uh, Vinny Velasquez because it, that's going to implode at some point too. So I, I just uh, they don't score enough runs. Uh, the injuries, everybody has injuries. But when they signed Riamuto, I mean, he's over 30 years old. So when you sign a catcher at that age for five years, which was too much, too many years, uh, I would have signed, and I said this before the season, I would have signed or tried. I don't know if Springer would have come here. I would have signed Springer, who would have been a leadoff hitter, would have been a center fielder, they need one of those. And a catcher, how many teams have great catchers that win? I mean, the Dodgers won a World Series last year. They have a great catcher. No, it's just one player's not going to make a difference. And the Phillies farm system is a disgrace. Oh. And that's, oh, it's awful. that's their biggest problem. Yeah, yeah that's their biggest problem. So, yeah, it's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of flaws with the Phillies. So I can't, I don't know how they're going to make the playoffs. I, I mean, I just, I think it's the Braves and the Mets are the two best teams in the division. They're the two best teams. Uh, and that's the way I look at it. Wow. Howard, let me ask you a question right out of left field, something that has nothing to do with what's going on right now. We grew up in an era where Will Chamberlain was the greatest player in the NBA. They changed the game. They changed the box. They moved it out so that the game had to change. Let me throw this at you. I think if they move the basket up two feet, you'll go back to be playing basketball again instead of trying to run and jam everything down and shoot three-point shots. Change the game. Well, um, you, I don't think you can move it up to two feet because then you've changed the entire game. But you've got to do something. And here's what here's what I would do. First of all, stop hanging on the rim. This they're doing it for safety so they don't get hurt. Because that's right. why they want to dunk so they can hang and yank on the rim. So I stop that. Um, I try to get the networks to stop running replays of guys dunking. Guys that are six feet can dunk. Guys that are five ten can dunk, so right. I don't know how you do that. But you got to you got to change the game and reward people for a mid level game, a mid range game, because they don't have that now. It, it, it's pass, pass, pass for for a twelve foot jumper. It doesn't happen anymore. Everybody loves the three pointer. But what I would do, I would move back the three point line, which doesn't seem to matter anymore with the way some of these guys are shooting, but. It would force the teams that don't have Steph Curry and don't have Damian Lillard and don't have uh, Trey Young that can shoot from 30 feet. It would stop those right. teams from taking all those three-pointers and force them to play more of a mid-range game, and that's, that's what I would do. They don't want to do it. They love points. They want to see those teams just keep on scoring points, and it, it, it just be a farce of a game. It's a farce. The, game's, the game is a bad Bad product. That's what it is. It's but a bad product. 
But, Howard, you know, when we grew up, and, you know, you covered all those sides. I'll tell you, uh, for those folks that are listening, Howard's father was one of the great basketball fans of all time in Philadelphia. I mean, uh, yeah. he was right there. He was right there at midcourt. And, I mean, he knew, He got on the referees. He got on the players. He got on everybody. But uh, he, he really loved the game. And the game was great. But we've just completely lost control. I, I, I'll be very honest with you. I can't watch. I'll watch these and see what the score is with the 76ers. I can't watch the game. Uh, well, that makes two of us. I'll tell you, um, <laughs> there, is, um, there are coaches I talk to that don't even watch the NBA anymore. Former coaches, not coaches now. Right. Former coaches. Right. Uh, Charles Barkley's outspoken, and they can't shut him up because it's Charles Barkley. He said it's a broken product. You know, he'll tell you that, and he'll tell you that on the air a few times. It's a broken product. And uh, I don't know. There's got to be something that can be done, but the commissioner has got to have control of the players, which he's got absolutely none, none. Uh, and right. that's the, uh, the joke of the whole thing. So they've got to do something to change the game. But I don't think they will because the Players Association has to approve everything. It's a nonsense. Like if they move back to, let's say they move back to three-point line, two feet. Now, you can't do it in the corners because you only have so much of a court, but you can do it from the, from the wings and beyond, uh, and beyond the, uh, um, the top of the key. Uh, but the players, oh, why do you want to do that? So then you have uh, – uh, then, you, then you're going to have – uh, guys that are complaining because they're not going to be able to score enough. It's just, it's, it really is kind of a joke, uh, a real joke. Uh, so, Roger, we'll let you, you kick in with the last question for uh, for Howard. Once again, let's, those folks listening around the country, uh, Howard Eskin, a, a, obviously a, an outstanding sports celebrity in Philadelphia radio, television, Philadelphia Eagles, Philadelphia Phillies, he's covered it all for what I guess what were you going to say now, Roger? Uh, Howard, about uh, fifty years, fifty-five years? Not quite that long, Don. I I started. I was in radio in the early. Really, I started as a kid in the late '60s, like '69, but uh, early '70s, and then I kind of got on the air. Uh, I guess it was like '76, '75, uh, '76. So what's that? Twenty-five. That's forty. It's forty some years. Uh, Twenty five. It's, uh, it's 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 let's say it's forty five years. Let's say for sake of argument, forty five years. Not fifty yet. I'm not there yet. When, if it's fifty, <laughs> uh, I don't even know what these players. It's 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 bad enough that I have to watch some of these guys and listen to the nonsense that they talk about after a game. So, not, I'm not there at fifty yet. When I Mike Emmerich retired after fifty years. I don't know that I want to retire, uh, but 50 years is, what, four or five years away? Who knows? Uh, but, no, it's hey, been a long time. If you have your health, Howard, keep going. If you have your health, keep going. Last yeah, question, Roger, go ahead. Get up. Well, the, the Sixers, uh, Joel just uh, hit a three-pointer. Uh, and uh, But I'm with you, Howard. You know, the way the NBA goes, uh, it's in the third uh, quarter now, but th- this game could change in the last five minutes of the game, the way it goes. Yeah. But uh, just getting back to uh, your career, because I can remember uh, it, the original uh, WFIL, right, the old WFIL. 
uh, with uh, yeah. George Michael and, and that crew. What a great uh, station. And then you you did a lot of work for George Michael and the sports machine, right? Yeah. Uh, after I got into television, uh, he wanted me to do a segment. I did a segment on a sports machine for, I think it was at least 11 years. Uh, I did it. And it's, that was the the forerunner. George was unbelievable. He did those he Sunday night sports shows before ESPN, before all the other nonsense. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He was really good. So, yeah, I did a segment on the sports machine for 11 years. Yep. Well, you know, I still hear every once in a while from Joel Schreiber, you know, who was one of his producers in D.C., and I was over there when I was uh, doing my reserve duty one year, and he gave me that library that they had at Channel 4 and NBC was, was of course, everything was VHS, as you know. That was bigger than anything in NBC News in Washington. Yeah, I mean, it yeah. was an unbelievable library of videos. I mean, I'm sure you were yeah. down there to, with George. I actually did uh, sports kits. I had a guy that got sick, and George asked me to, you know, like a day before to come down and do the sports. So I came down and did the sports on a Friday and a Saturday. Uh, so, but it was George was as good, if not better, than anybody in the country at producing pieces. It was yeah. they were absolutely tremendous. He had a great staff. He had use of the satellites before NBC Network was in the same building. He had use of the satellites back when we needed satellites uh, before NBC uh, to bring in games. Yeah, it's amazing. He had great facilities, great facilities. Well, Mm -hmm. Howard, thank you so very, very much. I'll tell you, it's great. Again, congratulations to Spike. I wish him the very, very best. I hope that it really goes. Gangbusters, he's in a great position over there with one of the great sports stations in the business, uh, as well as the networks in the business. So congratulations to him. Congratulations to you. And continue success for these next five years that you're going to work. I guess for I'd say at least five. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But I'm glad I can get my son out of town. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to have a big mortgage up in North Jersey, Howard. That's what he said. <laughs> yes, he is. Howard, yes, Howard, before is. you leave, before you leave, Howard, you and I chatted a few days ago. Explain to the listeners the transition. Uh, what Springfield, Delaware County? Is that where he lives now? Yeah. Yep. Talking yeah, about the transition, well, he went up to take a look at houses in Essex County. Tell, tell that story. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you know, everybody's going through the same problem. You make there's an asking price on a house. You make a bid over the asking price, and then you get a bid on the <laughs> bid you made over the asking price. It is absolutely. <laughs> I don't know that you can get your money out of a house. If you buy one now because you're paying so much, and it's probably mm. never going to be this good. It's probably never going to be this good. So, Where's he looking, Montclair? Montclair area? You know what? I don't know. He's looking wherever he can find a damn house. Uh, <laughs> so, but I guess on this I side, think... on this side of New York, I guess. Yeah, well, he said, uh, you know, on, on the uh, morning show when he was filling in for Angelo late, the other day, 
He said that uh, I think he made a, a sixty-five thousand uh, offer over the asking price and came in he got third. Yeah, yeah, it, it's yeah. Un- unbelievable. And and I I said to uh, my wife, I said, you know, maybe what he ought to do is uh, go uh, like to Hamilton and where and and hop the train into Penn Station. You know, and yeah, at least there I, you you get a better price. I mean, better deal. I think I think he probably wants to have the ability to be able to drive in when he wants to as oh, well. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows? It's not what he should do. He should be patient and just rent. And I'm sure the company would pay like they do when they move people. They would pay two sure. to three months of the rent uh, and just rent. And give them a little time to find something, because right. now you can't be under pressure to find something and pay some ridiculous price. And who knows? You might get lucky. You might find something before somebody actually puts it on the market, and you might find something uh, and get a decent price on it. So, who knows? But, well, once again, yeah, Howard, I, I, w- thank, I would rent. Thank, yeah. Thank you very, thank very you much. much I, I hope you'll I hope you'll come back every once in a while and. and uh, Spruce up our show for us. Yeah, I'll try to straighten you guys out. That's all. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> Howard. Oh, all your right. check's in the mail, Howard. Your check's in the mail. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll look for it. The way the Postal Service was going around Christmas, I might see it in three years. So, no problem. You got that right. <laughs> take, take care. Thank you very much. Take we'll care. see each other soon. All right. Take care. Howard Eskin is with our special guest, and uh, Mike Simzak is uh, on the line right now for our next segment. And I got a couple emails from Mike last night. I don't know if he has recovered. Uh, he was in a state of flux, uh, unable to really communicate clearly. Uh, so maybe he's in a better position tonight uh, down there in Washington, Baltimore area. And uh, Mike, have you recovered? I don't. I don't hear him. He's on. I guess he didn't recover yet. He was talking to his wife. Hold on, let me see. Well, Don and Roger, update in Tampa, one nothing lightning. Now they're on a power play with good news. Five seconds on the first Okay. Update in Philadelphia. Philadelphia leads ninety to seventy-five in the third period. So. They're gonna walk home in a. They're gonna go home in a in a in a in a walk tonight, and uh, I'll check and see what the Islanders where they are Hawk, now. Yeah, Hawks, the, are they, up, they were, uh, Hawks are up fifty four to forty one, Don. Uh, with one. And how about the Phillies in the second? How about the Phillies? Yeah, the uh, Phillies were one one, uh, and uh, let me see, I got it right here. Uh, no, Phillies are up now two to one. Uh, they're mm-hmm. having tr- trouble hitting, and believe it or not, uh, one of the uh, the uh, Nola's pitching a really good game, a one hitter, and uh, they're at the in the bottom of the fifth. They're up two to one. They got five hits, and the uh, Nola had a sacrifice bunt, and then he got a single. So uh, one of those uh, hits of the five was Nola himself. Wow! Great. Is Mike with us yet? I still don't hear him. Well, okay, you know, you have a little, like must be a little communication problem. Go ahead, Roger. The uh, 
Uh, Tommy, uh, you know, I wanted to check in with you because I know you were in the hospital. How are you feeling? Well, they took the gallbladder out, and they, and they took the hernia out too. So. It's with us. Yeah, Mike is with us. Sir, Roger. Okay. Okay. Well, I, where prayers are with you, Tommy. You know that. Thank you. Thank you, Roger. Good, Mike. You, okay. Hey. Okay, Mike, after hey, Mike. that long introduction that we gave you, you weren't there. But I know that you're still recovering from last night because I saw the emails. And, and uh, So what have you got for us to start tonight if you've recovered? I apologize. There were folks in the area right now that are not my no, it's not working. It's not working. No, we'll, we're not we'll, uh, Mike. No, no. We'll, we'll go back. Roger, we'll got, go back to you momentarily. And, and, uh, he's got uh, some interference from the uh, weather down there. Oh, there's, uh, there's so um, many stories oh, yeah, going getting, on right uh, now. They're getting storms yeah. up there because I got the uh, bulletin a little while ago. Are you getting mm-hmm. affected by any storms at the shore, Don? Uh, we we had a heavy rain about, uh, it was supposed to start early. It was supposed to start about 4 o'clock, but it did not. It started about uh, 7 o'clock, but only rain. So they were saying maybe hail, uh, maybe some lightning. Uh, we have had neither one of those, just heavy rain. Oh, good. Yeah, you don't need to Tommy. have. Uh... Uh, so we're you know, one nothing right now, Tampa Bay over Florida. Tampa Bay wins this game. They win the series. He played a winner of the Nashville and Carolina series, as we discussed earlier before in the program. And you know, Lightning's coming out strong, Don. He's going to, to, doing tape to tape to tape passes. Victor Hedman's strong, playing strong in defense right now. Victor Hedman's playing great on defense. And Pat Roots going to first go to the playoffs. So, I mean, it's to play Lightning hockey right now, finally. You know, when uh, Tom, when we were talking to Roy uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, earlier, uh, the uh, one of the th- things that, that uh, when we were ta- talking uh, about hockey, one of the things that we neglected to talk about really was what's going to happen with the Canadian uh, teams. Uh, you know, I know we talked about Edmund. You know, uh, the uh, but what do you think? What's going to happen there? We still they don't have a decision I, yet, right? I, I I can't believe they've waited. I I agree with the chief when he was on with us last week, and he's a Canadian, and and he yeah. really uh, said he could not understand why they haven't got so, got some type of formula together. Uh, for those people who are not uh, real National Hockey League fans, the seven teams in Canada are playing among themselves. They can't come across the border. Uh, they can come across, but they can't. Then they got to have a ten day quarantine when they go back. So uh, it hasn't been resolved yet as to, as, and I'm, I'm assuming they don't have to worry about it until the semifinals or the finals. Is that right, Tommy? I believe so. Cause you got one more round. You got, you got one more round, say Lightning, the Nashville, then the other series would be, let's say like um, New York Islanders. But they got two, they got two more series to worry about that. But then you got to throw Minnesota, and Vegas and the next two guys, so they're from the United States teams. It's just as uh, the Canadian teams, it's, it's tough thing to do, but they'll, they'll probably juggle what's who has the most points in the United States after this next series, and then they go from there with the Canadians up there and that. So, 
this, this is a royal mess, but it, it, it will get settled by Gary Batman. Islanders are up over Pittsburgh uh, late in uh, the uh, fourth period, or third period, I'm sorry, 5-3. Uh, well, yeah, it was 6-3 six, six, last I saw, and uh, is that where it's still 6-3? Well, I, I just switched it, and uh, let me see. It was, uh, I, I saw 5-3, so maybe they scored five, again. 5-3? 5-3? Oh, I thought it was 6. Yeah. So that uh, that'll close out that series then because they'll eliminate Pittsburgh. Uh, it's been a great series. If that was, this is Game Six and a three-two lead for the Islanders, so uh, they'll, they'll close that out tonight. So we'll see what happens there. Tommy, where do the where do the uh, where do the Lightning go if they win this game tonight? Who do they play next? Probably within their division, the winner of Nashville versus Carolina. Because he's still got the other division, they still get the other division. What they got to do? Then they then they start playing the Eastern Conference Final another round, but in, in there also. So this gonna be this gonna be fun. What's that? Hello? It's gonna be some fun playoff series up there, and that. So just just give me two more periods like this, guys. I'll be very happy and get the Panthers out of here. That's all I'm happy with. Get the Panthers out of here. Two more, two more great periods of hockey. Roger. Well, the uh, Braves are up uh, 4-3 over the uh, Red Sox, but the Red Sox have uh, runners at second and third. And uh, I think uh, we're at the bottom of the sixth. Uh, one out. So they, wow. they have a chance to tie it up or go ahead. Uh, and uh, you're and you're absolutely right. I just switched over to the Islander game. It's five to three with ten minutes twenty four seconds to go in the third period. The Islanders lead the series three games to two. If they win this one, they'll close it out. Uh, Pittsburgh will go home. Mister Crosby and company will have had their uh, farewell performance. That's that's it. It's just uh, by by that team, it's Pittsburgh. Remember out? Remember Sidney Crosby came as a young kid. Uh, he's getting, he's getting very. The team's getting very old right now, and and I should have talked to Roy Calgary, the next Lightning goaltender, Mike Smith, and Mike Smith wants to run at the cup out, out in Canada right now. But I, I think right now, guys, you know, what? we're just going to Tampa Bay can okay. keep on playing good hockey like this, keep on winning the hockey games, and they're going to play. You know, say Boston gets upset by the Islanders, Tampa Bay versus the Islanders. You know, and then they got to get the two Western Conference teams in there with the points down. Then you get the final point. It's going to be after this next round. It's going to be simple because we'll be playing. You know, we'll be playing in in the division up there. So. Yeah. Yeah. Tommy, I mean, I've seen several. I've seen several stories. Is this is this Crosby's farewell? Is he going to play again, or is this this it? Yeah. I, I think he's going to play again, Don. I mean, he's a he's a true competitor. And he loves the game of hockey. He's a true competitor. He loves he loves playing for Mario Mario Lemieux, the owner of the Penguins. He loves playing that. But they're still a great hockey base. But you wonder if he quits, what the team's going to do after that, Don? What are they going to do after that? If he quits, I mean, retires, I should say. The best goaltenders in Vegas, Mark Andre Fleury, Walker's playing. But after that, who do you know after that? I mean, yeah. it's just that. Uh, I, I just hope and pray, guys, that Sydney comes back for another year, another full year of hockey. 
which I think you will. We'll just say, uh, keep everybody aware that Mike Simzak is not going to be able to participate with us tonight because, as we indicated, uh, storm interference, and uh, and so the phones will not uh, work in his area of the country. So we're going to have to skip by uh, Mike Simzak tonight, and I know we'll get Doug Hamilton a little bit later on for a little golf story, especially about the PGA and what happened down there over the weekend. And uh, how about the Phils, Roger, how they hold up? Well, uh, let's see. Uh, still 2-1, top of the sixth. Uh, nobody out. Count 0-2 to, uh, uh, now. I lost somebody now. No, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. What? Yeah, what happened is that uh, I was tracking it. Hold on a minute. Let me. I was tracking it on my other phone, and it oh, went okay. off. Uh oh. So hold on a minute. Let me. There we go. You have to. You know. You know what technology is today, gentlemen. You know we got too much technology. <laughs> yep, that's true. Overkill. It's risky. As Rhea said, that if uh, she was starting out uh, today with social media, uh, you know, who knows where we'd be, okay? Right. You know, yeah, and, let's and recap I that for was... a minute because I thought Rhea did a terrific job, and for those folks that did not have a chance to hear the first part of the show, we had a young lady on from WIP in Philadelphia who was a part of the morning show, very successful morning show, and uh, she sort of detailed her career from – coming out of Temple University as a graduate of the communications school and uh, making her way into the morning show, uh, what, 20, what did she say, 25 years later, 25, I think 25 it was. 25 years, yeah. 25 yeah, years. and uh, she, did a, she did an excellent job of uh, sort of filling in for some of the people that, especially the young ladies that may be listening to our show tonight, of uh, how difficult it is to start and what you have to do to accomplish what she's accomplished and it was much harder then than it is now. Would you say, Roger? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, you've got so many more networks, opportunities. And, you know, when you were talking about uh, uh, Spike Eskin and the success, and then you look at one of your old producers, Bob Gelb's son, Zach, uh, is now heard on CBS Sports Radio. He's also uh, does the uh, one-minute um uh, features like uh, Boomer Esiason does uh, for Odyssey, which is the old intercom. And uh, he uh, was working at the TTM uh, 920 in uh, Mercer County and doing high school football just a few years ago and doing a talk show. And uh, he worked hard to get up, even though his father's an executive with uh, Odyssey now. And has been uh, with Entercom and CBS, and uh, like I said, was Don's uh, producer uh, ma- a number of years ago. And uh, it's yeah. just amazing the opportunities today that the young people have in the industry. Yes, sir. there's yeah. so many really. When you talked about growing up, Tommy would say the same thing. Growing up, you know, the very limited possibilities, there weren't that many stations available. And uh, I go back to what my original comment was with Rhea, 
and that was when we started out, you pretty much started out for nothing. I mean, you were willing oh, to yeah. work because you wanted to be in the industry, and you had to work a year or two years uh, just before you even made a uh, a little salary. So it, right. it's not the easy, it's 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 not the easiest thing in the world, but it's still a matter you have to be willing to work and get it, go to the small stations and get your foot in the door and get started. But don't look at it as in terms of I'm going to make a lot of money coming out of communication school in college. Well, no, no. exactly. And I was fortunate because uh, I was friends with the program director of the, the station in. Uh, Trenton, uh, Don knows uh, well Jack Pinto, the late, great Jack Pinto. And he asked me if I, because I had a full-time job, plus I was in the Navy Reserve. And uh, he asked me if I could come over on a Sunday and learn how to do the board, because they would just play records. And uh, and the next thing I know, they've got a new general manager, and he wants to do uh, some more sports. So he asked me if I could do two five-minute reports. And then they had hired a fellow who was working uh, in the uh, a, a new car industry in Trenton. Uh, if he he because he was going to do a, t- a talk show six to eight at night, and I yeah, but I got a full time job. Well, we'll we'll work around it. So I gave it a wow. shot, and then thing I know, uh, uh, I go away for two weeks of reserves. I come back, and my late wife said, uh, Terry and John called. They want to talk to you. They said, Can you do? Uh, for two-minute shows on, which is now uh, New Jersey 101.5, and uh, well, I'm there. I guess I can. And I wound up going in early and recording many days of uh, six reports because I had to mm-hmm. I had to go to work someplace, you know, whether it be right. Valley Forge or North Jersey. So, uh, and I told uh, Rhea this last week when she was talking about when you get a, have to get up early. But she hit the nail on the head when you talk about TV. They have to look great at 4.30 and 4 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And she yeah. says she can roll in like Al and Angelo. <laughs> and, uh, and, then you, and then you've got Al. Uh, the, he also went to Hold, hold it right there, work. Roger. Hold it for a second. We've okay. got Doug Hamilton on, we got Doug oh, Hamilton on the line with us now. And uh, it's been a big, big week uh, in the world of golf. Uh, uh, Phil Mickelson with uh, a tremendous win. Uh, fifty, he's one month short of of being fifty-one years of age, uh, the oldest champion in a major, winning the PGA. And, uh, Doug, first of all, a comment on that before we go to some of the other things that are happening in the world yeah. of golf. Yeah, I would say uh, first of all, apparently Roger and I have the face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> You're right about that. For, at right. least for me. Yeah, right. you can you you can do it in your jammies if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Don. To your point, what a, what a great weekend of golf. Um, you know, you always got to root for. I mean, Phil's Phil's been a a favorite. Well, can't say that. I mean, I guess he's been. He's been on both sides of the fence, I suppose. Um, but, you know, he's always been a favorite of mine. I mean, he's been a great ambassador for golf and for the United States of America. And, you know, I wish this would have been a U.S. Open instead of a PGA uh, so that he could have yeah. stuck that feather in his cap. But, uh, um, you know, for him to go out and, and play as well as he did for four rounds on uh, one of the hardest golf courses on the planet, 
um, you know, at almost 51 years old is just a phenomenal, phenomenal, uh, and it was great to watch. Um, you know, I think that uh, very slowly but surely, um, you know, I, I certainly root for, for Brooks Kepka when it comes Ryder Cup time, but he's he's turned into a bit of a heel, I think, when it comes to, you know, him and Patrick Reed have slid, I think, in the eyes of a lot of, you know, Americans in terms of how they carry themselves and, you know, the, the arrogance factor and the lone shark factor of Patrick Reed and, you know what I mean, the, um, you know, the things he was mired in with regard to the, you know, quote-unquote cheating or, you know, whatever, free drop, that, all that kind of stuff. I mean, but, you know, Phil's always, you know, been a, a good interview. Um, you know, he'll certainly tell you what he thinks. And um, I think I think the guy, I mean, he stayed up late that night uh, drinking and carrying on and answering tweets um, mm-hmm. from people. And some of the things he said, was he's, you know, he's the kind of guy that you'd love to play around the golf with and, you know, take a couple six-packs of beer with and just hoot and holler and yeah. carry on. And, and he is – you know, I think he's he's what's right about golf in terms of his personality and, and how he has fun and how he carries himself. I think that. So um, I've exactly. rooted for him the whole time. And when he put himself in contention, I think that, you know, obviously everybody thought, well, can he do this, you know, more than round one? Can he do this more than two rounds? Can he, you know, can he, you know, so um, he did it. And, um, you know, I think it's phenomenal. So. Doug, most of the people that were kid either wrote about it or on the electronic media talked about the new Phil Mickelson, the fact that he and his mm-hmm. wife were both involved in uh, uh, what, what you know meditation and and mm-hmm. how calm he was. They had never seen him as calm on the golf course as he was yeah. at this particular tournament. And if you noticed watching the tournament. Uh, how long he stood behind his ball every time and how he uh, addressed each shot. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, look, I think that, um, you know, there's a lot of guys on tour that are just incredibly good at what they do. They're they're very talented. Their uh, abilities are God-given. Um, and, and obviously they put the time in from a work standpoint. But, I mean, you know, you're looking at a lot of these, you know, 20-somethings, 30-somethings that, you know, they don't hurt when they get out of bed in the morning and, and they can go play golf all day and they can lift weights and they can eat whatever they want and they can, they can do these things. Um, and they, I think, you know, there, there comes a certain point in your life um, when if you're going to perform at a high level, you have to evaluate what it is that you do, you know, because as we get older, I mean, look, I'm, I'll be 47 in August. I mean, I'm, I, I can't do some of the things that I used to do. And that's, that's the first thing. And that's the hardest part is, is getting that, you know, mindset that, you know, whether it's the weight room or golf or how far you hit it or, or all these things, I mean, you know, I, I can't do what I used to do, right? So that's the first step is understanding that, you know, time has caught up to me to some degree, whether it's, you know, 5%, 10% or, or whatever percentage, you know, it is that, that I've lost. How do I get that back? You know, so can I change my diet? Can I change my routines uh, to maximize my time? You know, can I... Uh, you know, gain more flexibility? Can I do yoga? Can I do uh, what he's doing with visualization? And uh, I mean, how do you, you know, people that stay the same will only be as good as they can be for a short period of time, but people that that, uh, navigate through and around that will continue their success. So, you know, I think that's, that's in any sport, you know, I mean, there's, you know, 
people in, in baseball, as you've seen over the years, that used to throw 95 miles an hour that can't do it anymore. So what do they do? They develop a new pitch or they, they work on their, you know, their locations and, and different things, um, you know, to, to change it up. I mean, your, your routines and your habits have to adapt as you get older. And that's, I think, what he's doing. So hats off to him for figuring out what works for him. Tommy? Hey, Doug, um, that was one of the best tournaments I've seen in a long while. But what do you think about the, what do you think about the, uh, the fans here going after like uh, Bill and and, and Potka, You know, do you think that was good? Andrew, yeah. well, you think? Um, you know, I don't know that you can you can earmark that as handled well or not because I think something like that was bound to happen. Um, I guess you you start allowing people to come back and 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 watch you know golf and and you can't control the crowd of that size and they're going to do what they're, they're going to do. I mean, we, we only hope that people understand that golf is a gentleman's game and that, you know, they, they can, they can, they can still, you know, walk down the fairway. But I think the the touching of them was, was, you know, that's where, that's where you have to draw the line. I mean, certainly you don't want right. some, you know, nut, nut, nut job to, you know, punch him in the stomach or, or do something that's, you know, right. out of line. Um, I mean, the mm-hmm. same thing happened when Tiger won, um, you know, it uh, was at Eastlake or whatever a couple of years ago. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, look, everybody loves a good story. You know, in any way you look at it, Phil Mickelson was going to be a good story. You know, he was either going to win the PGA Championship at 50-51, or they were all going to say, I told you so, he couldn't do it, you know, for four rounds. And he, you know, and he choked it. So either way, it was going to be a good story. It turned out to be the better of the two stories. And, you know, I think that the crowd reacted accordingly. So, um you know, I can't, I, you can't rifle. I mean, that's like saying you're going to put a, a glass bottle on the edge of your table. You know, what do you think is going to happen? It's going to get knocked off. You know what I mean? So um makes sense. Well, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll come back to Roger in just a second, but there's a funny brook going in a tunnel <laughs> between the New York Knicks or between the Washington and, and Philadelphia 76ers. It's 98-81 right now, Philadelphia, but uh, it was just a real tussle in the tunnel taking a player off. I couldn't tell who it was. Roger, maybe you could see it. No, I saw one earlier. Uh, one of the uh, Wizards went out, but I didn't. I was watching uh, the uh, Braves because the Red Sox took the lead and the uh, bases were loaded, and uh, I, I looked away to, to check on some other scores. So we'll, uh, we'll have to check, go back, I'll have to go back and, and see uh, what that was, Don. We've got okay. so many things going on tonight. <laughs> the world is in full motion tonight. Hockey, mm-hmm. basketball, baseball, everybody's doing mm-hmm. something. And uh, I'll tell you, it was a, it was just a uh, getting back to the PGA for just a moment. And I saw where Seth Waugh, the CEO of uh, the PGA, has now written two apologies to uh, both the players coming mm-hmm. down the home stretch on the 18th. Uh, mm-hmm. Doug, they just weren't prepared. For uh, and I'll say enthusiasm. Certainly, I don't think anybody was trying to hurt anybody. But Gumpy, uh, of course, has the bad knee, and and uh, uh, you certainly don't want to uh, get in the in the way of uh, Phil Mickelson. Uh, it just got a little out of hand on that 18th hole. Yeah, I would agree. Um, you know, and again, the the right thing to do would be to to issue that letter. I mean, I think that. You know, unfortunately, we we live in a, a world that's um, calculated as such. 
you know, that, that people feel like they have to make statements, uh, you know, because they're in the spotlight, you know, no voice apparently is, is the wrong, is the wrong voice. Uh, so, you know, again, that being said, I mean, it's, this has happened before. I mean, you can, I mean, look at Arnie's army, you know what I mean? I mean, go, go back how many years, you know, where, I mean, I don't know, were people any more or less crazy back when Arnold won things? I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'd like to think that the people that, that go, you know, watch golf tournaments, particularly of, of major championship caliber, are people that either play golf or understand the game or, you know, can at least act, you know, civilized in, in some of these things. And, you know, certainly there's a difference between rooting somebody on and patting them on the back and, and doing all these yeah. things. But again, I mean, this isn't the first time this has ever happened. You know what I mean? They, you know, I mean, it was, the stage was set for, for this outcome and, you can't scratch your head and say, well, geez, I didn't see that coming. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, that's, so. Yeah, by the time security got got really got themselves under control and put the ropes up, and they were already on the green. It was just way, way too late. Tommy, you're up. Yeah, yeah Doug, it's a, that's a great tournament, you know, but you know, it's a great tournament that Phil won. I remember the old days, right? This is when the fans and golfers really got along good. I mean, remember Lee Trevino had Lee's Fleas, and this is mm-hmm. the funny story. <laughs> Matt Donson and Roger and Frank just saw White Marsh. I was out there as a fan one day, and, and we were following Lee Trevino down there. I hear the ground shaking. It must be Thunderbolt. We shot a golf ball a Tommy Bolt. It's funny as hell, and Tommy Bolt, and in anticipation, hit him a ball back. <laughs> so, but that's a, you know, it's funny because Arnie and Arnie forget about cheer. And the way he looked at a gallery, he, he told like Arnold looked at everybody in that gallery. And I still remember marrying 71 guys, what Tavito did to Nicholas. He get that fake snake on there, and Jack was scared. He hit the ball in the bunker. Tavito took that. I was, he took that hole. Lee's as a, as a, as a thing. That's to lighten up the lighten up Nicholas. You know, but I still remember at the ground shake. It must be Thunderbolt. <laughs> That's a name oh, that from the funny. past, Tommy Bolt. Gee whiz. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, I'll tell you, hey, uh, you know, I, I, just to follow up uh, a comment you made, you know, I've been a fan of Phil Mickelson for a long time. Oh. I think he's a class act. And I was so uh, happy. Uh, Rita and I were just elated. And uh, I know my daughter, uh, Ashley, was too, because she was fortunate enough to attend uh, his, uh, that he and his wife sponsor, uh, which is the uh, uh, science and math uh, teachers uh, seminar mm. for a week with ExxonMobil and when it was down in Fairfax. And uh, so I have a picture of her with the group and with him and his wife. And I just think that's just one thing that he continues to do. Uh, And I'm uh, big because my mother, my late wife, my daughter are all educators. And I know uh, Don's late wife uh, was a uh, college professor. And uh, so we're big into education. And uh, I just think that he's to be congratulated, he and his wife, for what they do in that field. Exactly, Roger. It's the same thing you had, you know, I was watching – you know the, the golf films on the golf channel this past weekend. They had this vintage, they had this film all about Ben Hogan, and that was that was great. You know, I mean, Ben Hogan, a guy got hit by a bus, 
they came back and played some great golf after that. And that was so interesting about that. And then a wonderful role at the golf. And then the first international match, I think it was Ken Hogan versus, oh, who was that? Bruce Devlin. That's who it was. And I remember that. And, you know, then you had Bruce Cranston, Bruce Devlin. I mean, I, I thought, guys, I followed golf in the tour like six. Every time it came to White Marsh, I always went out there to get autographs and get range balls too. When the guys would hit a ball, way out of bounds, just keep it go. <laughs> That, you know, White Marsh in the 71 at Maryland U.S. Open is my two best golf events I've ever I've ever was at as a fan. Well, Doug, you pointed out uh, Pete Dye originally designed that course at Kiowa, and uh, they changed it. We, we talked about it last week uh, to go to mm-hmm. to uh, 7,800 yards, uh, which is, is unbelievable. But they lengthened the tees and all. When the Walker Cup was played there, what, five years ago, four or five years ago, it was nowhere near the length of the course that they're playing now. Uh, I, I got a feel it's one of the toughest courses in, you know, in the United States at least. But uh, going back to, to Phil for a second, uh, maybe I misunderstood, uh, but I one of the holes, they said that he hit his drive 360 yards. I, I mean, I, I, I can't believe. I mean, he always he always could drive the ball. He was wild. But uh, he wasn't one with his driver in this particular tournament, and he hit the ball as far as any of these guys. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, it's unbelievable. Well, uh, I believe he he recorded the longest drive of the week on that particular hole that they wow. measured. I don't know if, if it was the longest drive period or whether it was just that hole. But um, you know, Roger, to your point with uh, with Phil Mickelson, that's to me that's what an athlete who has the platform should do, which is to enrich the lives of other people through their charities and foundations. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, so often we, 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 we see different athletes that are placed front and center of the media who have, you know, we'll just say all ulterior motives and or messages uh, that I believe, mm-hmm. you know, aren't worthy of that stage, so to speak. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you look at, at Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods and, and a lot of these guys that have their foundations and do their charitable work, I mean, that's, that's not that's my concept of giving back is is to enrich the lives of other people so you know again uh, that's that's a wonderful thing for them and then Don to your point I mean you're talking 7800 yards of a golf course devoid of you know any conditions of of weather or or those sorts of things you know that's just a factual you know yardage amount so you know you you look mm-hmm. at that 17th hole which you know coming down the stretch in either a major competition and or Ryder Cup or whatever you you add, you know, some wind to that, and, and, and those guys, you know, are going to be hitting the, a lengthy club into that hole that from that yardage looks like a postage stamp, you know. I mean, you know, you, you look at some of the Ryder Cups that have been played there over the years, and, you know, guys were just trying to hit it in that back left bunker to just not put it in the water, you know. So, right, um, right. you know, I remember, what was it, Paul Azinger got it up and down from that from that area, I don't know if he was in the bunker or real close to it, but it was, I mean, you, you know, you make one wrong swing there and you got a big number coming. So, um, you know, all the way around, I mean, Phil, Phil Mickelson just uh, managed that golf course extremely well um, and, and his game. I mean, and you think about this, you know, you're well, you're not carrying your bag for four days, but still, I mean, you're 50, 51 years old. I mean, you're, you're hoofing around that golf course, which – you know, is up and it's down and, you know, all those different things. I mean, that's, that's a hard walk, uh, you know, for four days. So, I mean, it's, again, it's, 
it's a young flat belly game, you know, when you get these guys out there that they take that for granted, but now, you know, you add 10, 20 years to somebody and, and things change in terms of their uh, just overall physical ability and or, you know, conditioning. So, you know, that's remarkable to win that championship. Yes, it is. Philadelphia's going to take a 2 nothing lead in the series with Washington. Uh, the Wizards right now it's 108 to 83, 85, 108 to 85 with uh, six minutes to go, uh, sort of a cakewalk for the 76ers tonight. And, uh, but, Roger, you're up. Uh, Dom, I'm, I'm glad that you made that uh, point, uh, Doug. Uh, hmm. Yeah, Sixers are up 108 to 85. The uh, Phillies are still up 2-1 in the bottom of the seventh. And uh, the Braves, I, I, the last I looked, they were down, I think uh, it was 6-5 uh, to five or 7-5. to five. So, the uh, Doug, how's everything uh, working out at the new club? And uh, yeah. you have tournaments coming up, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, everything is, you know, falling in line with, um, you know, the growth of the golf shop and the merchandise. Um, It looks really good in there. Um, You know, like I've mentioned over the course of time, I mean, you know, coming in, you know, in March and uh, being behind the proverbial eight ball with uh, the season already starting and and me trying to catch up to to what was going on, um, you know, to create the LLC and, and go through, you know, all that you know, rigmarole to, to get that square and then to, to get vendors to, well, and, and two, we're, we're subject to the same thing everybody else, you know, on planet earth is, which is the supply chain deficiencies of COVID and, and, you know, different, different things that are hard to get. Petroleum products are obviously, um, you know, front and center when it comes to, you know, talk about cars and, and chips and all, you know, all these things are, you know, at a premium. Uh, so everything is working out very well. I think my staff and I, and, and we're still feeling each other out, but we're meshing very well. And um, from a traditional, you know, country club standpoint, I mean, we don't have the same tournament schedule that I'm used to. Um, you know, it's it's certainly not as busy of a club as, as what I'm used to in terms of daily play or, or rounds of play. I think that um, the membership is, is more mature, so to speak, um, in terms of of age. Um, and so, you know, tournament play isn't, um, you know, uh, super important to them. Um, you know, they, they, they kind of like to play golf and, and do their thing and go home. And, and the concept of family is super important to a lot of the members. And, um, you know, they, they play golf on Saturday mornings and once the pool opens, they'll go to the pool and uh, a lot of people eat lunch and go home and that's, they spend time with their family. So it's, kind of a breath of fresh air to some degree uh, that golf isn't the epicenter of their life yet. They still enjoy doing it and they play it when they can, you know, and that's, that's a little mm-hmm. bit different than what I'm used to. So. Doug, um, before we run out of time, how about a quick uh, update on the Ravens and uh, anything yeah. uh, material happened there? Well, I'd say newsflash, the Orioles stink. Um, you know, they've, <laughs> they've, they've lost uh, eight games in a row. I think they've lost, uh, they've won one out of their last, I don't know, 11. Um, and it's a, it's a crying shame because Trey Mancini, I think leads, um, I don't know if it's just the American league or baseball and RBI. John, John means has, has pitched particularly well, obviously throwing a no hitter. Uh, Cedric Mullins has played very well. Um, you know, they have some, some pieces that have performed well in a otherwise dismal win marred season. Um, you know, the Ravens are, are, 
conducting their camps like every other NFL team to try to catch their rookies and, and veterans meshing up to speed, uh, obviously trying to avoid injuries. But, um, you know, it's still early. You know, they're going to work their way towards uh, the you know, July and August camps and, and get their stuff together. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens. But, I mean, I think that the future is bright for, you know, for, for the Baltimore Ravens. And then, you know, the Orioles will continue to experience their growing pains and, and hopefully, uh, you know, I mean, they're, they got to be one of the, you know, worst or if not second worst baseball records in, in the game. So, I mean, they're looking at another top five draft pick. So let's keep stocking the cupboards and see what happens. Hey, Don, me. If everybody, no, everybody, Frank just tick, 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 clock in my, in my ear. So we have to end this wonderful program. So, you know, like uh, it's been a great program. Thank you, Don. Thank you, Roger, and thank you, Doug, for coming on. Great job as always. So we'd like to thank our special guests for coming on, Ray, Ray Hughes and Howard Eskin, the legend up in Philadelphia. Guys, have a beautiful Memorial have Day a weekend. Great... Have a Stop great weekend, as Frank guys. said at the beginning of the show. Stop and take a moment to think of the veterans yes. that got us where we are today. So uh, you can't spend enough time saluting them. Frank, thank That's you very right. much. Another great job Happy on the Memorial board. Day. Happy right. Memorial Day weekend. Be safe, everyone. God bless. Tommy, you take care. Yeah. Get well, Frank, as usual. Magnificent yeah, job. We're blessed. Thank you. Yes, we are very blessed. To, yes, you are, Frank. We're very blessed to have Roger, Don, Roy, Mike Simzak, Doc, Doug Hammond come on every week. This is the best two hours of the week on the air. So, I mean, I... I was in a hospital, guys. I wanted to get everything. I wanted to keep discharge it. I wanted to have. I do not want to miss this show. That's how much I think of this show, Frank. And and I just can't can't believe I'm home. Now it's tough to get some groceries. But Frank, for my family, your family, a very very happy and joyous Memorial Day. And fans, remember, when you're on the roads, do not drink and drive. Please do not drink and drive for this weekend, Frank. My family, your family, take it away, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, these programs are brought to you each and every night of the week in grateful appreciation for the men and women of the United States Armed Forces, the men and women of the police and fire services, the men and women and the doctors, nurses, and auxiliary people in the hospitals keep us alive from, the, from COVID, as well as the very important people in the supermarkets that have kept open for us. And we appreciate everything you do. These programs are dedicated to those who have lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman Jeffrey Colcott. Sergeant Thomas Bager, excuse me, Patrolman David Curtis, um, Detective uh, Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Childers, San Diego Officer Mike Hendler, Lieutenant Mike Serber, Newcastle County Police, Patrolman on Offa, Crispin, Lakeland PD, Chief Al Kogel, Longwood Key Police Department, Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department, Highway Patrolman Lonzo Moses, Philadelphia Highway Patrol, Highway Patrolman Brian Murphy, Plymouth Township, PA Highway Patrol. Highway Patrolman Brian Lazaro, Philadelphia Highway Patrol. Lieutenant Bob Neary, Philadelphia Fire Department. Sergeant Mike Godwin. Mike Wilson, Shaw County Sheriff's Office. Chief Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department. Deputy Jonathan Scott Pine, Orange County Sheriff's Department. Patrolman Robert Jermaine, Windermere, Florida Police Department. Patrolman Ch- <coughs> Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol. Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department. Patrolman Charlie Condit, Sharp and Springs Police Department, 
Hillsborough County Deputy Sheriff Charlie Cutlip, Corporal uh, James, I'm sorry, Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Fire, Philadelphia Police Department, Sergeant Rodney Bond, Delaware State Police, Lieutenant uh, Deborah Clayton, Orlando PD, Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Jerry Ficus, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Artith Hope, Wilmington Fire Department, FDLE Special Inspector Vinny Galaccio, Delaware State Trooper Steve, Corporal Stephen Ballard, Kissimmee Police Patrol Officer Matt Baxter, Kissimmee Sergeant Sam Howard, Captain Matt Letourneau, <clears throat> Philadelphia Fire Department, Deputy Bill Gentry, Highland County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Clay Zerba, Clay County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Natalie Corona, L.A. County Sheriff's Department, Deputy April Rodriguez, Basco County Sheriff's Department, Officer Bob McKetchum, Biloxi, Kentucky Police Department, Trooper Joe Bullock, Florida Highway Patrol, Sergeant Brian Levake, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department, and Deputy Mike Malik, Pinellas County Sheriff's Department. My brothers and sisters, though, you may be 10-7 at this point in time, and sometime we'll be 10-10 at the table of the Lord. Until that time, may the roads rise up to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the sun shine lightly in your face and the <clears throat> face and the rain slide lightly on your field. Until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your families always in the hallow of his hands. Good night. God bless. And please keep the uh, members of the armed forces in your, in your thoughts over the weekend.
Bye. We love you and we miss you.